0: Hello and welcome to UWO Now. I'm Wendell Ray, your host. UWO Now is the place where we discuss relevant and interesting topics with the students, staff, and faculty at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. To set up today's show, uh, let me just say this. When I was in school, uh, especially elementary school, we would have periodically these uh, fire drills where you know the teacher the alarm would go off and the teacher would line us up and we'd walk out to the playground and stay there until the building was cleared and then we'd go back and then there was also those duck and cover drills that we did early on in my life when there was the threat of um, some sort of military attack by a foreign government there are still threats different threats now and with active shooters on campuses and at schools, it's really important now to address that. And here to talk to us about that during this first part of today's show is acting police chief at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, Chris Tarman. Uh, and we're also going to talk a little later with uh, a UWO instructor, a faculty member, who um, came face to face with an active shooter in his classroom, that taking place at another school before he got to UWO. We're gonna talk to him about his experience, but thanks very much, uh, Chief Tarman, for coming by and talking to us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me here.
0: As I kind of set this up, I was mentioning uh, how routine drills used to take place in schools and so forth and so on, and probably in uh, elementary schools, there's still that type of drill for now an active shooter. On a college campus, probably not the same approach, I would imagine. Um, let's talk about that, but but first, let's set up who you are. Um, tell us about your expertise in this area, and uh, then how you're translating that expertise to the folks, the staff, the students, the community here at UWL.
1: Yeah, that's good. I um, you know I always kind of when we do a training or something like that, I always kind of set it up as a way, like, you know, I'm the acting chief of police here. I've been in law enforcement for almost 18 years. And, um, that doesn't really get me the opportunity to stand up here and talk to somebody about active threat. Like, you know, police officers can do many different things, Mm -hmm. but about 10 years ago, I really started thinking how this is something that I think we should be thinking about as a, a campus police department. You know, it's something that we should be helping our, our campus members prepare for. So, Uh, i actually asked to go to a training i went to this is called alert level one which is kind of a police officer two-day 20-hour training Uh, and we at that training learned a little bit about team tactics movement uh, things we should be thinking about things that we should look at when we're on scene how we should react to those situations the training was just really good actually the second day the second half of that day was all scenarios so they give you like this um training weapon with some projectiles in there or whatever Mm -hmm. and you actually respond to several scenarios that talk take you through step by step how to manage a situation and uh i was like man this training is really good i would like to continue something as it relates to this training so i put in to go there, there was an opportunity maybe a year later to go to an instructor school and i was approved to go to that probably one of the more difficult trainings i've ever gone to but uh I started training with the FBI. Uh, I've been training for almost 10 years with the FBI in in that setting. Uh, so I've trained police officers all over the country for how to manage these situations. I also have done like an instructor training in civilian response to these areas and uh, it's called alert. So advanced law enforcement, rapid response team. And it's ba- actually based out of Texas state university. And so I flew down there in 2016. Uh, there's probably a team of six of us from Wisconsin. And I would say that uh, Texas, alert. That program is probably number one in the country, but Wisconsin actually has probably the second or third best training program in the entire country. And, uh, I've just had the privilege of being with some of the folks who've made those decisions and kind of design, design the things that we teach.
0: Now you said Wisconsin, where specifically when you say Wisconsin has the second best, the university of Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin, who, who in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, I think it's a state. Uh, It's really, it's really born out of the FBI in Wisconsin. And then Got there's, a, there's okay. kind of a cadre of us who work across the state who right. support that program. Okay. Um, so much so that we actually uh, started a, a, a conference here. I think we've done six of them now. So we're going next in, in fe- uh, February, it'll be our seventh conference. It's basically the Active Threat Integrated Response Conference. And we bring in law enforcement, uh, EMS, school officials, fire, all the people so we can talk about how to manage situations like this. And um, we own it. Like UW Oshkosh Police Department is now the ones who
0: drive the committee who brings that conference in the Midwest. So, nice. So yeah. what, what, what type of training uh, do you provide? What is, how do you prepare a campus then for an, uh, an active shooter? Uh, what, as I mentioned, when I opened, there are the drills that I went through when I was in school but I know that's not what happens on a campus. I know you did have a recent training, but tell us about how you prepare a campus for such an event. Yeah, it's
1: tough. Um, You know, in elementary school, you can close and lock the doors. In fact, I would say almost every elementary school in the entire country now, you gotta Mm. scan to get in or swipe to get in or get permission to get in. A college campus isn't the same. Um, All of our rooms are open not our our buildings aren't locked. Um, It's a little bit more complicated to manage a circumstance like that. So, you know, we have a a bunch of approaches and I'm probably gonna miss a few of them, but just the very basic level uh, is to have some plans in place, right? So I I look around in the room here, but most of the rooms on campus that have an educational aspect to them are gonna have a little uh, flip chart on the wall, Mm -hmm. which has active shooter, bomb threat, Uh, Weather incident. uh, There's just a tab in there for a lot of different circumstances. Uh, Since I've been here, we've had probably four or five iterations of that document, which um, just hangs on the wall, right? That's not going to solve the problem. It's
0: actually outside the studio. So you
1: you have one outside the studio. And, you know, usually I talk about this, people, you know, it's not a cool fixture on the wall. You got to kind of take that down and take a look at it. Um, Something probably almost 10 years ago, I started working on Getting an app for campus, so if you've heard of UWO Mobile, yeah, um, there's almost 19,000 users who have UWO Mobile on their phone, and inside of there is basically just a replica of that same okay. thing. Okay. So it's getting the resources right, and then take take time to kind of look through those a little bit. You know, don't wait for the moment. Look through that so you kind of have an idea. It's too late then, right? Yeah. So then then there's the next thing, which is really scheduling and doing these informational sessions, is what we call them, and. Um, Usually when I get in the room, I kind of joke a little bit about a Rolodex because, you know, now it's not, I don't, there's a segment of our community who doesn't even know what a Rolodex (laughs) is, right? Um, But I talk about a Rolodex and and really a Rolodex is kind of, in my brain, it's a circular device that has A through Z on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then index cards with addresses or recipes or whatever you have you on there. And and then I kind of say, envision one of those in your brain. And um, you got to think about all the things that your Rolodex holds. So sitting on a chair or getting in a car unlocking a card or going to the bathroom, drinking something. Um, your, your brain just has hundreds of thousands of index cards for everything you do every day. And at this informational session, my job is to plug one of those in there for how to respond to an active threat situation mm-hmm. so that it doesn't just spin around in your head and go, Oh my gosh, I have no clue where that card is. Right. And then you've seen it like people freeze. Uh, So we we talk about the concept of the index cards and the Rolodex. And then uh, for the first hour of the training that we typically hold here on campus, we're doing very uh, proactive conversation. So what are our systems? What are our models? What are some data around what we do? In 2021, there were 61 active threat situations in the United States. In 2020, there were 30. Mm -hmm. In 2019, there were 30. In 2018, there were 20. Um, I might have these years a little mixed up, but in 2022, it went up almost 100%. Wow. And um, if I, you know, we usually typically start the conversation in 1999, which is when Columbine occurred, which is kind of what we would describe a centennial event that kicked off other events. And uh, if you're looking at a chart of active threat incidents in the United States, it actually climbs pretty immensely over the last 20 some years. And so that's what makes the relevance of the conversation, right? And so when we do the training, we share a little data about the importance. We talk about, um, you know, we look at higher education for, for a window of about 100 years. There's really good data on mass casualty incident that take place on a, in a higher education facility. And it kind of says that um, there's about 2.7 incidents per year based on that data over 100 years. And then um, about 60 plus percent of the, the people who commit active threat situations share information with other people. And then there's another slide that talks about who and who does incidents like this across a, a higher education facility. And it's really about 91% of the people are somehow connected. It's either a current or former student, a current or former employee, or somebody who's indirectly t- related, like, a, like my spouse or, okay. or a significant other, or somebody like that. And, and so when you couple some of those pieces of information together, we just talk about how you have access to information that's floating around you How do you see it? What are the signs? Who do you share information with? Here at UW Oshkosh, we have a care team on campus, which meets every week. Uh, And it's really a team of the police department, dean of students, provost office, counseling center, health center, uh, and they're all sitting in a room. And and then names come on a list. And, And care team, like this is hard, right? When you're talking about active threat, people are like, oh, there's names every week that you have to talk about. But that's not really what the care team is about. Care team is about getting people connected to resources. So let's just say somebody drinks a little too much and their roommate reports that it's annoying, that person can end up on care team and then the health center might grab that and say, or the, or the counseling center might grab that and say, you know, we should talk to the student. And then we start connecting them to, to resources. But at a low level, we catch other things like this, where we talk about who, who needs intervention? You know, okay. who, how do we okay. connect them to a resource? So we, we talk heavy about that in the front end of the training. The last 30 minutes of the training, is really about if you're caught in a situation, how do you manage it, right? And then we really talk about all the models that are out there just to say, wow, there's so many. Uh, Alice, run, hide, fight, um, avoid, deny, defend, lock out, lock down, evacuate. Like there's so many words and phrases and it it could get really confusing, right? Like, what do I do? How do I manage this situation? And at the really basic level, I think most people understand run, hide, fight. Right. And the hardest part in our brains is to separate the fact that it's not step one, run, step two, hide, step three, fight. It kind of depends on your situation. So we go over what that looks like. So I always kind of say evacuate or run is probably your number one. Like you got to try to get out of there. And then the second two depend on, well, somebody in the room right now who's got a gun and threatening me. Then I need to fight. Right. If I'm in close proximity and I can't get out, I got to fight. Mm -hmm. if they're kind of down the hallway and I can barricade a space, then I would do that. So, you know, that's kind of at a real basic level what we talk about in a training session. We expand how to report information. We expand what you should be looking for. We talk about um, actual situations. You you know, you mentioned Dr. Joe Peterson. Uh, He and I have become really good friends. I mean, he was teaching a class at NIU uh, in 2012. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that situation turned into an active threat situation where five people in his classroom were killed. He was shot and injured. Uh, There were 13 people injured in that classroom and his ability to be, and then, I mean, obviously that's very unfortunate, but for him, he's used this kind of teaching piece in partnership with me to advance what we're trying to accomplish. But that's also kind of healthy for him to kind of go through helping other people. So that's what we do here. Um, There's other things, you know, departments will call me and they'll say, Hey, we went to your training. Can you come look at a space with us and talk about that. Um, there's a lot more other things that occur between like how we install. You know, we're doing um, construction projects, projects on campus then we're trying to uh, include specific door locks that allow for uh, an easier access to lock a space and secure a space. We're talking about card access and how that helps us out. Uh, we talk about creating relationships. You know, And I've said a basic level a couple times, but really just in a humanistic level, it's about creating relationships to ask people how they're doing. Because okay. if somebody stands out in a classroom as like, ah, oh, it seemed odd or suspicious. Over the last two years, especially, we've lost how to communicate with people. So it's kind of like the, hey, go up and ask how they're doing. I mean, it could be something as simple as like their dog passed away. They had to put their mm-hmm. dog down last week. You know what I mean? And, but they'd love somebody to actually say, hey, how are you doing? What happened? And then if it turns into something a little
0: weird, then you have definitely a lot of resources to talk about. So, uh, You're listening to UWO now. I'm your host, Wendell Ray, and I'm having a conversation today with uh, acting chief of police at UWO, Chris Tarman. And we're talking about um, what communities, what campuses can do, uh, are doing to prepare for... What could be uh, one of the worst days in the lives of anybody who has to go through an active shooter uh, situation? Now that you are training individuals, and I know you said it kind of depends, you know, it's a situational thing. But is that um, run, hide, fight kind of scenario just one of the most basic things you could tell somebody to Remember, if something breaks out near them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the only catch to that in my head is: are you responsible for little people who can't make their own decisions, right? Okay. But for an adult, then it's absolutely to get out if you are leaving and somebody's going into an area. Help them understand something bad's going on in there, and take them with you if you can. Um, and then, but if you have little people, it's a little different, right? Now you got to kind of manage the little people along the way too, and that complicates, uh, the process a little bit, but that's also why there's way more security in places where there's, you know, like a daycare or a elementary school or something like that. You're going to have advanced security systems in place mm-hmm. to kind of proactively resolve any entry-level risk coming into there. So,
0: yeah. So on a campus, not just the UWO campus, but on any campus and you go around and I would imagine and uh, train many different, uh, organizations, um, how do you get this information then to students who may be, uh, uh, in need of this type of information? We know we talked about what we had the other day, uh, here at, 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 Oshkosh, but now, um, is there some sort of training other than what's on the walls in classrooms that we can give to students so they know what to do in certain situations?
1: Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, we, we don't require it here as a training. We do obviously put it out on the UWO mobile app. There are probably a handful of uh, professors on campus who actually invite me to their classrooms and I teach one of their classes about it. Uh, it. It's usually more specific to what their major is, but they'll bring me in and we'll do a whole class where I talk about it. Uh, we actually teach certain segments of the population regularly. So like all the student rec staff, all the community advisors who live in the res halls, the. Um, advising crew over there like there's specific departments that we teach regularly Uh, but as you know as a student if you're listening and you're like you know man i really like to go to a training well actually when i sent out that email about the informational session last week i probably got about 20 emails back saying i can't make it will you do another one and i don't totally plan on doing another one okay I have one scheduled at the Fox Cities campus in the first couple of weeks of school, but I also will open up probably two or three more in the first semester and I would just come, just come and it's a great conversation. Um, you know, it's obviously not a great thing to talk about, but we obviously want you to be prepared and people often feel, leave feeling like, oh my gosh, this, is, this was really helpful. It makes me think a little bit about what I should do and how I could manage a circumstance, so.
0: Talking about it, I would think is a good thing. Does it spook people when you talk about it? I mean, oh man, that you know, is, is there something going on? Do I need to worry about something? Is there that kind of uh, thing you have to deal with sometimes? Yeah, I mean, when we start the training, we always tell I always tell people there's a couple of ground
1: rules. First of all, you can leave and go to the bathroom if you need to, right? And then the second thing is we're not showing any gory pictures or anything like that, but okay. the conversation gets a little heavy, you know, cause you're talking about a, a situation that nobody really wants to experience. So if you've got to leave, somebody might think you're going to the bathroom, but then, you know what, feel free to come back up to us and talk to us afterwards. So we can work through this more specifically with what your circumstance was, or we can share more. I'm not going to lie. Having Joe there, Joe Peterson is so great because people connect to somebody's story, right? They can sure. exactly what you're talking about. They can kind of, it worked through that a little bit when they get to have that conversation with him
0: yeah i I would imagine that helps when you go to other uh cities organizations be it law enforcement or wherever else you may do trainings um do they need different things at different places is there one standard type of training you do or how do you uh, determine what it is you're going to tell a certain group
1: yeah it's you know um that's a great question My answer is going to be bad. It depends. Uh, But, you know, there's probably three different things. Like, first thing is, is UW Oshkosh is pretty phenomenal. Like, I I actually said this in the training last week. There's, like, another law enforcement officer who teaches this in another community. They don't have some of the things that we have in place here. They don't have a care team. They're not relationally connected. I mean, the people that sit on the care team are people who work in all these areas that are going to, receive information that might be concerning, you know, and take active threat out of it. Like it's a circumstance where somebody just needs help. Right. And, um, we can connect them and, and I know them on a first name basis. You know what I mean? Like I know, uh, Leah folks over at the counseling center or mm-hmm. buzz bars at the Dean of students office, but take that model and move it to a community. They aren't as relationally connected as we are here at UW Oshkosh. So if I take it to an organization in a city, um, You know, in some sense, there's a little bit more conversation about creating the relationships. And so it's organizationally with your law enforcement agency or organizationally with your EAP resources and your HR and how those things work out. It's talking about how a threat assessment team works. You know, we have a team on campus. So can you recreate what that looks like in your community? Um, you know there's way more businesses in a community sometimes that it's harder connect, to connect those things and then the other difference is really just if you're going into a children's area uh, one really great resource is I love you guys org um, that's John Michael Keyes. his daughter was actually killed hmm. in an incident in Colorado and he took that situation to create a phenomenal model with free resources in it so it's just I love you guys org and then that's really a great everything on there is free. PowerPoints, signs, posters, the model. It's basically called the standard response protocol. And it's a super simple and really great way to kind of get some of this training and foundational aspects of how to respond into a space. So,
0: One of the reasons we decided we wanted to talk about this today is, you know, as you mentioned, there it seems to just be a, an escalation. And One is bad and 20 is bad. But as you mentioned, there had been just seem like uh, a skyrocketing of these types of shootings in the last year or two. Um, From your observations or maybe even something that you read, is there any information out there about why at this point we're seeing so many of these? Anything, has anybody done any studies to determine why it has increased the way it has?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm... I'm informed enough to kind of answer the question at the depth you probably want. But um, there is a company out there that's called Threat Suppression. The owner of that company is called Mike Klumpner. Uh, in fact, I kind of jokingly, because so I, I used to help with the conference I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asked to take it over this last year and run with the the conference. And I kind of jokingly told the FBI guy, like, I'm not doing this unless we get Mike Klumpner back every year, because he's just phenomenal. Um, everything about his company is researched Okay. The people who have committed acts of violence like in the past, like, like this in the past. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's typically signs. It, there's a bunch of things. Like at the training, we'll talk about what, what's called like a, a violence continuum, right, where you and I are having a conversation here. We're living a normal life, and then it seems normal. But then there's kind of a seed moment for somebody where it turns into the, like, frustration thing. And at that moment right there kind of starts this journey and, and I'm talking about past incidents, it's like a journey of three months or six months or two months or, or, or two years of planning to where they actually could hurt people, right? For that whole window of time is what I like to call an intervention window. Okay. People say things or share things or research things that are in view of us. And really it's about when you see those things, who do you tell them to? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think some of our issue as a society is that we don't wanna bother people with what we, we aren't sure is really is something we should share. I mean, I actually was doing it today. I saw something happen. Um, it was with a different law enforcement agency. And I'm like, you know, I don't really wanna bother that agency, but the truth of the matter is, is that we like, it doesn't say it on my paycheck, but I should be paid to be bothered. Like talk to me, that's absolutely okay. what I'm here for. And at a university level, um, anybody who's on the care team share information, you know what I mean? Uh, You never know. It could be something. I've done the training in years past. And then, I don't know, I could say probably 10 times where somebody's emailed me and said, hey, I had this situation. It's like six emails of like I had this weird thing going on. Um, And I almost every time knew the name of the person and the circumstance already. But they had held that information because they didn't want to bother anybody. Wow. You know, so it's just not worrying about that. Don't worry about it. And honestly, if you get angst from somebody, especially at UW Oshkosh, I, I'd like to know because that's not how we should react to that. Like you, you should be able to share any information with us so that we can follow up on that and make sure that you understand it's important to us. So
0: It certainly is important and the topic is important and we certainly appreciate you coming by and talking to us today, Chief. It's been great seeing you and we're meeting you and uh, we're, we're, we're lucky to have you on the campus with your level of expertise and what you're trying to do for the campus community. So thanks for coming by and talking to us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: So you are listening to UWO now, and uh, today's guest, uh, Chris Tarman, the acting chief of police at UWO, has been our guest this first half. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk to someone who can give us a firsthand account of what it is like to come face-to-face with an active shooter. He obviously survived, but we'll talk with him when we come back.